and we are rolling. So thank you for listening. My name is Tom, and this is a broad madness. <laughs> so uh, today we have a new guest. So yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? So can you tell us your name, where you're from, are you a student, or are you working, and also what is or was your major? Okay, so <laughs> there was a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm Jia Ling. Mm-hmm. I'm from Singapore, yeah. and I went to China to do my undergraduate studies. I graduated in July this year, which was around a month ago. Congratulations! The time we are re- as of the time we're recording. Thank you. I just had a gap year. Oh really? I'm not sure if it's yeah yeah. I'm not sure if it's exactly a gap year or not. But mm. I intend to continue pursuing a master's. Just that I'm taking a year off to kind of like confirm my decision. So right now I'm interning and also part timing on weekends. Okay, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like obviously, we're talking with this with to the users, but then because so Jaling is Singaporean, I'm Malaysian. So mm-hmm. right now, the accent you're hearing might like Jaling has made it her mission to make me like speak very Malaysian in this podcast. So let's see if she succeeds. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm on the verge of like going into Malaysian, but then like trying like my very best. To not go there, so since I bought, uh, since you just said that you went to China, and so we met definitely met in Japan. So can you tell me like why did you choose to go to China? Like you know, I'm just gonna go back, back into like when Jialing was like 18. Wait, it was 18, right? Uh, yes, but it didn't start when I was 18, so it's a very oh. long story. Okay, and I haven't actually told you about it yet. Yeah. So、and、tell. It has a lot to do with like Singapore's education system, actually. Okay, that's <laughs> that's the fun part. Okay, I I mean. Okay, it, so compare compare. Okay, so um, when I was in primary three, so when I was like nine, I was selected for this thing called the bicultural elective program, or like bicult bicultural elective program, bracket Chinese or something like that.、Mm. So um, the acronym was BICET. <laughs> Yeah, funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, basically, the program was between five Hokkien Hui Guan schools. So Hui Guans are like in the past when Chinese immigrants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have that travel- in Malaysia. We actually have that yeah, in Malaysia yeah. too. So when they travel down to like Singapore and Malaysia, or like maybe even other countries, they will set up like clan association. In English, it's like clan association. Like, that's、yeah. what it translates to. So I was in one of these five schools managed or run by this clan association. Wait, are you? It's、Hokkien? under the no. Uh, I am, but it's also how to say the these um schools, they are under the Ministry of Education, so they're like government schools, like every other school. Just that they also have like ties. It's like they're kind of affiliated to each other, so they get together and do like a combined sports meet every year,、oh. and they have some programs together. So one of those programs is bicep thing, and it was meant to teach Singaporean, mostly Chinese actually. Like you、yeah. have to have really good. Chinese grades、oh, to get into the program.、Oh. Yeah, that's why they call it the elective. Made、um. it sound very like very posh and everything. Like <laughs> so yeah, then they teach you about Chinese culture. Like I learned about say like, acupuncture, about like the sculptures on like Chinese temples in China, and、um, a lot of things. A lot of like old history, like who made paper, what was like who was a tyrant back in don't know what dynasty.、Mm-hmm. So this was because of this program. I was exposed to all this Chinese cultural stuff from a young age, and in 
primary six, which was the last year of primary school, like the organizers of this program brought us to visit some secondary schools or like middle schools in Singapore. And these schools were what used to be Chinese schools. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so they have a very strong like Chinese vibe lah. In the sense that they have more Chinese cultural elements. Like they, for example, the school song might be in Chinese. Ah, okay. Or they, they might used to be a Chinese school that uh, changed to become English language yeah. schools when Singapore became a state and everything. Yeah, yeah. But they still have a lot of like, um, they have, still have very strong Chinese cultural elements. So we went on a tour to like these schools and I entered one of these schools when I rose to like secondary school or middle school. Uh-huh. So my very Chinese-centric education continued. <laughs> so I did, I did well in my primary school examination. So I went to a pretty good school. And this school has this scholarship program from secondary 3 to JC2. So um, that's kind of like the second year of middle school to the last year of high school. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's a four-year program. Yeah, it's a bit confusing, but that's, that's basically a scholarship program. And it's called the BSP or SAP program. So SAP stands for Special Assistance Program, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's meant, so the special assistance is to like assist people who are like strong in English and Chinese to become even stronger in English and Chinese so that they can become a bridge between Singapore and China, which was already rising at that time. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Singapore is always like prided itself on being a, a bridge between the East and the West. Yeah, yeah. Like one reason why the Singapore government thinks Singapore has succeeded is because... At, back in, at a point in history before China was as prominent as it is now, Singaporeans back then had a lot of people who could speak both English and Chinese. Yeah. So we were able to become like a, an early connector between these two spheres of the world. So this program is kind of a way to like continue this, this advantage that Singaporeans are supposed to have. What, what do you mean by are supposed to have? So I say are supposed to have because for those who know Singapore, they think of Singapore as like being a bilingual country, right? I can see you like starting to smile. <laughs> I mean, so, for Malaysians, we are definitely a, not a not even a bilingual. Like some of us are like trilingual. Exactly. So, so, like, <laughs> so that's why that's why we have programs like this to try to like save these dying sparks and encourage people to like continue using their mother tongue. Uh, okay. In my case, it's Chinese lah. Mm. So where was I? Oh yeah. So in in middle school, I was on this Chinese cultural Chinese studies scholarship. And so, and this continued when I was in high school. And my high school was also a good school. So it was one of the target schools for my university. So there will be professors from the university I eventually went to who would visit my high school to give talks and try to attract high schoolers from my school to go to that university. This, you see the links from like primary, primary school to like middle school to like high school to like university. Yeah, it, it felt kind of like, it, it felt kind of like, like how did like Japan? Like in Japan, mm-hmm. like they have like those affiliate, affiliate, affiliated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like affiliated like, like, schools. They call it the elevator. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like this one wasn't an, so. My primary school and my secondary school, they, it wasn't an escalator system. Okay. And from high school to university, it also wasn't an escalator system. I had to apply and get into the schools. But from my secondary school to my JC, or from my middle school to my high school, mm-hmm. they were like linked. So it was like six years. Oh yeah, I mean that's like the same with Malaysia too. Because mm, but like... it's quite but it's quite rare in Singapore. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be for like if you did well when like in primary school uh-huh. and they think you're smart. <laughs> yeah. 
So they think that, oh, you don't have to take another exam when you want to enter high school. You can just do six years throughout and they can um, customize the curriculum a bit more. You don't have to put you through the stress of another exam, that kind of thing. Oh, so it's wow. not, it's not, it's not universal. Is what oh, I wow. Think. Because like, I mean, how much do you know about Malaysia education? Uh, not as I, much, not, I guess. Not much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we get six years of like primary school, same as you, same as you guys. And then our secondary schools are mostly linked. But then we still have to take like, so we take a, a UPSR, which is from uh, primary school to secondary school. And I was, like th- there's a reason why we call our secondary school as secondary school because middle school and high school are in the same school. Like, yes, we don't, like, after three years of uh, middle school, we take, like, an exam to determine, like, which subject that we want to take. Like, do we take, like, the science stream? Do we take, like, the business or accounting? That, for me, I felt like was the only reason for that big exam. Yeah, but then we are still in the same school with the same people. And there's no, like, any new environment involved. So that, for me, just felt very normal. Like, I mean, what you just said. Is this universal? Like almost every school? Yeah, I think for every Malaysian school, even like for my brothers and sisters, they went to a private like Chinese high school, mm-hmm. uh, secondary school. It also is the same. Like everywhere is almost the same. Maybe like in some like different, like some very posh schools or like, you know, international schools, maybe it's different. But then I think for a Mala- for all Malaysians, it is the same. Well, I'm actually quite surprised because as far as I know, like, say Japan, right? Yeah. Or China, even though you have some schools like that, yeah. a lot of schools are not like that. Like, you have to take an exam when you leave middle school. Yes. That decides which high school you can go to. And yeah. that is the case for most Singaporean schools. Uh-huh. Except for a school, a few, like, schools that they've picked out and, like, paired up and, you know. So, for, for example, for my middle school and my high school, it wasn't the exact same batch of students. The high school is actually... Com- a combination of two middle schools. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's actually a girl's school, my school, and a boy's school opposite <laughs> the road. <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting. Because for yeah. my school, uh, that situation happened for our secondary school. Because for primary school, it's more smaller. And then for the secondary school, it's more, like there's more population. So there was like three Chinese schools, like a government school, but then there's like part of it is Chinese. So there's three, like three to four, uh, those kind of primary schools. And then mostly everyone went to like the same high school. There's like about two or three, like there are like mostly Chinese. So a lot of people just went there. So it felt kind of like you're going up the pyramid from like just three or four uh, primary schools to like just one. Everyone just went to the same one. So yeah, that, that I felt mean, interesting. But you also have to think about the difference in scale. Because yeah. Malaysia is a ah. lot bigger than Singapore, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even in, like, say, Japan, China, like, wherever else in the world where it's slightly bigger and you have multiple states, especially. Yeah. Usually, they are, like, how to say, like, uh, Singapore's entire country <laughs> is, like, way smaller than, like, many prefectures in Japan. Yeah, it's true, it's So, true. it's definitely, I guess, yeah, so that might be one of the reasons why the systems are different also. Mm, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, so we yeah. had a detour. No, it's fine, it's good. It's, uh, I mean, like, I did not know about any Singapore, like, yeah. Really? 
Yeah, no, I did oh, not. Like, I just thought every like I just thought like Singapore and Malaysia are kind of similar. So I just assume that your education system is kind of the same. I mean, there's a reason why you guys are succeeding and we're not. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very debatable political. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I mean, because education, like even for my education, I wouldn't say it's the best because like a lot of the teachers are, some of them are good. Definitely some of them are good, but then some of them just don't do shit. Like, that's a that's a reason why my Malay is very bad. I hate it. I think I had... There was only one Malay teacher that I was okay with. Everyone else, I hated. Because they were not, like, doing proper, the proper job. They were just like, yeah, this is an essay. Just copy. Just copy it. And then they somehow ex- expect us to do well in your exam when they... I don't think they any they actually did anything. I mean, I guess in, like language learning is always hard. So, for example, I mean back to a point that I brought up like earlier yeah. about why these programs that I was on even existed. Yeah, it was really because the Singaporean government was trying and is still continuing to try to like promote the learning of mother tongues, oh. so, like Chinese, Malay, Tamil. Yeah, so they're really trying. So these are like incentives because there were a lot of perks. So for example, in primary five, I got to go to Taiwan. Oh, okay. It was like, it was subsidized by uh-huh. the program I was on. Mm. And then when I was uh, in middle school and high school, I actually got to go to China for two months. Wow. And yeah, and it was heavily subsidized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then... um. In secondary four, I got to go to the youth because it's supposed to be a bicultural program. So they sent us to the east and they sent us to the west. <laughs> and then in J one, the next so for three years straight, I I was able to go on like school trips overseas. Oh, that's so cool, though. Yeah, and it wasn't like um all like fun and games. It wasn't like just being a tourist. There were a lot of like educational components built into it. So I got to follow a Chinese student around as they went about their day or visit the Huawei office. Oh, seriously, you did that? So Singapore and Tianjin, they have this project together, the government, the EcoCity. We got to visit the EcoCity also. Mm-hmm. And someone gave us a tour. So, I mean, they were educational programs. So it's not like we took like the state's my taxpayers' money to go and play. <laughs> but... It was also heavily subsidized, and that is one reason why um, this is a controversial topic, lah. In the sense that my school, like these programs, right now there's some debate in Singapore about whether it's fair or not to incentivize Chinese learning so much because we are multicultural and stuff like that, or whether like some schools should get so many resources or not, and uh... and yeah, yeah. So um, basically, that's another can of worms that we don't have to go into today. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's like yeah. this is not the podcast. <laughs> but but yeah, but anyway, um all these programs were the reason why I ended up going to China. Mm. Because when I was 18, I I wasn't very sure on what I wanted to do in the future. Yeah, so as everyone else in the world. So I thought about what I didn't want to give up on. And I thought like I don't think I want to just stop learning about China or using Chinese like this. Because if I had gone to study anywhere else but a Chinese-speaking place, I would probably have stopped using Chinese. So my university um, was Peking University. Ooh. And my... I, I, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, like, you know, it's it's a very esteemed 
university. It's a good school. It's, good, it, it's <laughs> not. School. It's not a good school. It's the best school in like China. Like you know how many people are lining up to get into yeah. that school. Yeah. Okay, but th- but things have changed. So when I was in year one, yes. when I just entered um Peking University, uh, more there were quite a lot of people in Singapore who didn't really know like that Peking University was such a good school. So oh, they're like, why, why, why? I mean, because uh Singapore is a very good university, also, right? Yes, the US yes. And That's National a lot. University of Singapore, Nanyang Technological University, and the other universities that are popping up. Like there are good universities that are renowned even in China. So they will ask you, you know, why don't you want to go to NUS? Why do you want to come to China? But things changed while I was in university. The value of my degree actually rose because Peking University started to climb out in the climb up in the uh, university yeah. ranking, <laughs> and then they surpassed NUS. So, so somewhere along the lines, my degree became um more like valuable in a way. It's good for me. <laughs> yes, you didn't do anything, but then I didn't do anything. You just <laughs> made the I, right I, choice. No, I did something. I I probably contributed to it. You know why? So the thing about the about China, about Japan, about Korea, and maybe some other countries as well, the governments will have very generous scholarships to encourage high schoolers to go to their countries to pursue university education. So, for example, there's this thing called the Chinese China Government Scholarship. CGS. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Japan also has Have you heard it too. I'm uh, not uh, Chinese, but I know about the Japan one. Like, uh, next. The mo. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mombukasho. Mm. I think I know the yeah, Japanese. I think the Max. Yeah. Mext. Yeah. And uh, Korea has one called uh KGSP or the GKS now. So Global Korean Scholarship. It's the same thing. Yeah. Just by different governments, and it's very generous. Some like some of them pay for it. Like all your tuition fees, some even give you an allowance. They pay for like your hostel. Yeah. They give you like they pay for plane tickets. Ooh. So yeah, so it's the most really, expensive part. So yeah, it's great, and and the reason why these countries do it is because they want to entice international students to go to their universities. Uh, first of all, to cultivate friends of their countries. Because when you go to a place to study, you you tend to develop fond feelings for the place. Yeah, basically, me staying here for eight years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that, yeah. that's why all these governments are putting in so much money into yeah. these things, and why they are give, freeing up such valuable places in these top Chinese schools for international students like me, who didn't have to go through the same grueling tests that the Chinese students did, lah. So the Gao Kao is notoriously difficult, right? Yes, and, I think it's like right. one of the most difficult exams in the world. The competition is just ridiculous. Yes, yeah. To get into the university I went to, and I definitely got in comparatively easy. Of course, I also had to take the A G C S E G C E A levels, which were also stressful. But in terms of competition, <laughs> yeah. you just cannot compare like the two. The stress, I think, you know. I I bow down <laughs> to the Chinese students here to go through it. Yeah. So the reason, the reason why the government is willing to free up such precious spots is because probably helps to raise the university rankings also. To have a more diverse population, have a larger international population, and that's something that some Chinese students don't see. So they're like, why do these international students get to come in to like our school so easily when they didn't have to go through the Gao Kao like we did and. We can't really say anything, so it's just. Hmm, it's, it's like I'm thankful for your like the whole like the whole opportunity, but it's like I mean it's but, not it's not like yeah. I'm using everything like your your university kinda is also using my exactly. nationality. Yes, yes. It's it's like it's like a very awkward situation where it's like 
your university is also kind of winning in some case. Yeah, 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 because honestly, if your if the university's rank um rise in the if the university rises in the rankings, it's good for everyone. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, you basically contributed in <laughs> your university your university's ranking. I mean, I'm not sure what the exact um the THE or like QS rankings used to judge schools by. But I think it's I'm, the, about I, the research. The research, but I'm quite sure international students have a role to play. Okay, well, at least that, that's nice to know since like, you know, I did went into like my Niigata University. So mm-hmm. maybe I helped out a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, yeah, I don't if, know. if I'm wrong, I'd be very embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, but then like if we're wrong, we're wrong. But then it's always nice to know that that's all like there's opportunities to go to like different countries as long as you try hard, right? Hmm. So be- I mean, exactly. This episode is getting a little bit too long, so I'm just going to cut it here. If you're interested in binge listening to the next episode, head over. It's probably out right now. As always, thank you for listening. My name is Tom. This is Abroad Madness, and we'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.